got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expenses, cause when is expensive. I got expenses, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the war. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah. Cause when it rain, then it pours. Yeah. And I'm ready for some more. Yeah. And I've been reading all the war. Yeah. And I've been shutting out the stars. Hi, and welcome to this special bonus episode of Put That Coffee Down, the podcast for freight sales and closers. And I have a special guest here with me today, Jim Beerfield. And Jim runs a marketing company, marketing services for everything A to Z in the logistics world. And, you know, I thank you very much for, for joining me, Jim. Kevin, great to be here. Great. Now, you're the president of Logistics Marketing Advisors. Can you give our audience uh, a little bit of background on yourself and your company as well? Yeah, you know, I'm a marketing guy by trade, kind of got into the logistics business in the mid-90s, running marketing for a large third-party logistics company. And then uh, we had a good run there. In 2004, I decided to go out on my own and start this company and uh, basically uh, decided to stay within my niche, uh, which is doing marketing exclusively for uh, logistics businesses. Yeah, so uh, Juner and I, uh, on the show, off the show, we're always talking about marketing and the marketing profession in transportation and logistics and kind of how it's, uh, especially on the internal corporate marketing departments, how it's a little bit lagging behind other industries and trends and topics on on how you do things. And just wanted to ask you kind of what your experiences were uh, in marketing corporately for 3PLs and and transportation, what you saw in the landscape and what drove you to to start your own consulting business. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw that opportunity, kind of old old school, old style mm-hmm. marketing. Hey, it's all about your Rolodex. It's all about who you know. And, uh, you know, I really saw an opportunity, particularly when content marketing became hot. I mean, that's that's what we're good at, right? We, we're, we're writers, we're communicators, but we also know the space, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there was a great opportunity for us to come in and, and add value in creating content marketing, inbound marketing uh, you know, more modern marketing approaches for these kind of old school uh, uh, 3PLs and, and other logistics businesses. Yeah, it's all, it's really all about inbound leads. That, that's a holy grail. That's what everyone's striving for. That's the reason why you're making all those outbound phone calls, why you're doing all those cold emails, while you're, why you're writing all that content, why, why you're recording all those podcasts is to drive those, those inbound leads. And that's all yeah. content marketing. Yeah, I mean, you don't want people sending the cold emails. You don't want them uh, making the phone calls because they don't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. People, you know, you want people to find you. That's that's what marketing is all about. Forget logistics. That's what marketing is about. Period. I think it's about getting found, and uh, you know, content is a key to getting found. 
And it doesn't happen overnight. I, I think that's what uh, a lot of people, you know, in transportation, logistics and other industries as well, especially in the B2B side, because it's a little bit dif- more difficult uh, to, to get quick results on content marketing than maybe consumer products where you have uh, you have a mass audience more than a very niche or, or specialized audience in, in B2B. Hundred percent. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, we got a warehouse sale next month. You know, yeah. so the price per square feet is yeah. cheaper. <laughs> it's not. It's not a done thing. So there's a latency period. There's no doubt about it. And uh, you know, it's 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 um you know sometimes tough to sell a three PL CEO. You know, um, I mean, if I hire a sales guy, right? Okay, after six months, I'm going to know. <laughs> Am I getting mm-hmm. my money's worth? You know. So they a lot of them just they're they're sort of you know. It's easier for them to make that investment in the salesperson because they they'll know whether it's working or not in a period of months. Whereas you're right, content uh, it takes a while. There's a latency period, but uh, ultimately it's it's the better course uh, long term. It really is. I mean, and from someone who's made a lot of cold calls, I, I've sent a lot of cold emails just because I, I didn't have anything else that, that I could do to, to get sales right now. And and a lot of times you're in that yin and yang between making sales right now and the long term. But from someone who's done all of that and now, and I was doing content marketing as well to, to supplement that, anything I could do. Once you get to a certain point where you sort of do getting inbound leads, it's a great feeling. Um, it is a great feeling. I mean, you're not uh, you're um, you're you're working hard for it behind the scenes, mm-hmm. but uh, like from the CEO's perspective, when you know, and I always make sure. I mean, I always make sure, by the way, that the boss uh, gets the form fills. That's important to me because uh, that, that that's that positive reinforcement. Hey, I know six months ago, I wasn't getting these inbound leads saying, hey, somebody just filled out your contact us form. But I always, unless they ask to be taken off it, I like them to see those, you know, two, three, five, six contact forms a day that they'd never seen in the past. And that's sort of real-time reinforcement that, hey, maybe this stuff does work. It, it is. It's, it's very much uh, positive reinforcement. We're, we're starting rollout communities here. So, uh, you know, Andrew Cox, who works for me, uh, is, is doing a retail sales and he's like glued to his metrics on his, his emails, new signups, uh, trying to, to get those those inbound leads to, to his newsletter. And I've been in that position and I know you've been in that position. It, it becomes a, a little bit addictive, but it's a very good positive reinforcement because, uh, you know, people are, are reading your content that you made months ago. And finally, those leads are trickling in. And it's such a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, marketers don't have the luxury anymore of, um, you know, not not showing those metrics on, on a monthly basis. Um, particularly me, I'm on the consulting side, right? So somebody's mm-hmm. writing me a check every month. Um, and I, you know, every month I have to prove my mettle. I have to say, you know, here's what the numbers were six months ago, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, and here's what the numbers are now. And if those, if that needle hasn't moved, you know, uh, I'm, I'm probably in trouble. But the point is, I, I can't not be accountable. And that's a good thing. It is a good thing. It is a good thing. And it's what content marketers really need. Uh, before we get into your surveys and talking about your content uh, that we're going to talk about on, on buying perceptions, what are some of the, the biggest trends in content marketing you're seeing, you know, across all industries, but 
also specifically in transportation and logistics? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, listen, video's hot. You guys, you and Dooner have done a great job of uh, taking kind of video podcasting out of the block, black box, and you're seeing more and more of that. And that's, that's important uh, because uh, we're going to talk about my survey in a second here. But one of the questions I asked is, would you rather, you know, uh, how would you rather consume a piece of content? Would you rather look at a video or would you rather read a blog post or an ebook? And I, I think the response rate was, you know, uh, 30% or something when I started this in 2014. In this past survey, it was up to 44%. So, you know, almost half of the audience said, no, I'd much rather look at a video than, you know, sit down and read something. So I think, you know, video uh, is becoming more mainstream as far as content. Um, you know, if I can get on my soapbox a little, Kevin, and I'd love to hear you weigh on it, in on this. But, you know, with content, we're hitting a little bit of a saturation point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's kind of jumped on the content bandwagon. And there's a lot of stuff out there. And there's a lot of, you know, stuff that's already been written, you know, a hundred times. You know, how, how, mm-hmm. how do you become a carrier of choice? I mean, I don't know uh, how many times <laughs> I've seen last year. So you got to be a little bit creative. Um, you know, and I'll give you an example, if you don't mind. It's a freight broker. Sure. And, uh, you know, hey, listen, we do, um, he, he, he deals in bulk freight. Uh, a lot of liquid uh, liquid bulk freight. And, you know, we've done our share of ebooks and, and blogging, but uh, he invested a little extra money. And, and I consider this a piece of content. You know, you being in the business, Kevin, you understand when somebody delivers uh, bulk freight, you know, liquid chemicals, let's say, they can't get another load until that uh, tank is pristine mm-hmm. clean. So they have to find a tank wash and those tank washes aren't like Starbucks, you know, sometimes they're tough to find. Um, So you got a dispatcher trying to tell his driver, well, you're in Birmingham now. Here's the nearest tank wash, blah, blah, blah. Well, this particular broker invested time and money to create an online tank wash directory. And, you know, that does two things. And, you know, you're required Mm -hmm. to log in when you go to the directory. Um, So, hey. There's a carrier. I don't know that that uh, tanker carrier. He's got 30 trucks. Maybe he wants to become part of my network. That's great for the broker, right? The other thing it does is it says, <laughs> hey, there's an empty tank in Birmingham. I have a client. You know, I might be able to get a cheap backhaul rate to that company's headquarters in Cleveland. I've got a client moving stuff from Alabama to Cleveland. So it's really, really beneficial to that broker um, um, to have that kind of information, you know, for people using that tank wash directory. I don't know if, if that example made sense to you, but it's it's an example of getting a little creative with the content, not saying, okay, you know, let's go to the tried and true white paper or ebook or whatever. It, you just have to get a little more creative these days about your content because, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a saturation point. You're exactly right. And you, you bring up a, a good point uh, of creating something that has value. So it doesn't have to be a white paper. You don't have to write something. You can collect some information. Uh, w- one of the, the, the biggest things I did, and I didn't even do it on purpose. It was really an accident that I even got into it. It was back in uh, 2017 with Carrier List. We were calling carriers, getting this information. 
And what we're doing is asking about uh, ELD compliance because the the, the first uh, the, the the first deadline was in December of 2017, and then the final deadline was in April of 2018, and and everyone was talking about, it, but there was no really good information out there on it. So we did a weekly tracking poll, and we were showing that only about 50% when we started in September of, of 2017, only about 50% of carriers were even compliant, you know, on the smaller carriers. And it, it garnered a lot of attention. I did it for about 26 weeks, weekly poll. Uh, you know, it, it turned it into an every Tuesday kind of release, you know, building up kind of a, a launch every every week. I had the data there for the, the analysts to, to kind of delve through. And it got my name out there. And it wasn't, you know, uh, you know, five ways to, to be shipper of choice, right? It, it wasn't that that normal thing. It's something I could do that no one else was doing. And it made it really original. It had a short lifespan uh, to it in the grand scheme of things, but something like a directory, something, you know, of a value, like a reference point. And I always think that's the best content marketing too, is, is something that your customer will put on, a, you know, it will, will print out maybe, or have on their desktop to just search through and it's reference material. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be a calculator. I just had a client mm-hmm. pick up a calculator yep. that, uh, you know, it's, uh, again, it's a little bit more of a pain in the neck to put together, but, uh, once it's done, as I say, it, it's, it's, it has a shelf life that, uh, yeah. you know, a blog doesn't. It, it certainly does. And it certainly, and, and, and something like that, there's not going to be too many people who will come in and copy it because it's the, the work's already done. They're, they're probably going to be using it, rather, your rivals are probably going to be using it rather than, than copying it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about your content marketing, the big survey that you put out every couple of years. It's a marketing logistics services results of 2020 survey, how to get and keep the attention of buyers of logistics products and services. So these are mostly shippers that, that you surveyed on their perceptions of, you know, what gets their intention, how they'd like to be marketed to uh, kind of their buying decisions. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, th- these are the people you're listening, listeners are selling to every day. These are the buyers at the end, other end of the phone and at the other end of the email. I tried to stay with director and above. Um, I straddle both the freight and the warehousing side. So they're logistics decision makers, you know, directors of transportation, directors of uh, uh, logistics, VP logistics, that kind of title. They're the people who write checks, right? That, that's people, the most important thing, right? Exactly. Perfect. So what are what are some of the, the one or two key takeaways uh, that, that you see every time you do this survey? Uh, you know, you mentioned video and what kind of content that they'd like to um, like, like to consume. What are some other key takeaways that, that you always see? Yeah. And, and then uh, we should uh, I just want to remind folks that probably before we hang up here, we can uh, I can just tell people the URL to go get the survey because it's an interesting read. Yes. Um, um, you know, uh, it's 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 voice to the customer. So, um, you know, I mean, I got, I, you know, I have a lot of takeaways, but um, I, I guess a big takeaway that's unrelated to any of the questions I even asked is just how busy these people are. I mean, I can even read some of the quotes, you know, from the from the uh, from the survey. I get thirty to fifty solicitations a week. I receive dozens of pitches a day, all saying the same thing. 
um, you know, 10 emails plus a day from suppliers. Most are just generic sales pitches. These are quotes from the survey. So, you know, I just, Kevin, I, I don't know what you think about this. I'm just not 100% convinced that the logistics businesses out there, the brokers, are really kind of getting the context into which they're selling. You know, they're, they're thinking of an email and somebody sitting back in their chair and, all right, oh, here, I'm getting something from a broker here. Let's see what he has to say. No, these guys are hitting their desk at lunch after a series of meetings. They got 50 emails that they're looking at. They, they don't have time to read the 50. They're ignoring most of them if they don't know the sender. So I just think that the sort of busyness and, and kind of mayhem that is the life of these people. Um, I just don't think there's enough empathy among, you know, the folks selling to them um, uh, to, to really understand, you know, just, just how focused that email or that phone call needs to be to get their attention. Cause they're so busy and they're so fractured in terms of their attention. Um, you send them a generic email. It's just, it's just not going to work. It isn't going to work. It, it isn't going to work at all. And I, I think that's that's one of the, the, the key takeaways of, of, you know, right now I receive a lot of emails. There are a lot of press releases, a lot of solicitations on the media side uh, of freight waves. And I don't have time to, to read them all. And I, I have much more empathy than I ever had before on that. And I, I think... I, I think the messaging is 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 poorly done for the the, the most most part with freight and, and, and transportation emails. I mean, it, it, you're you're going into a cluttered mailbox. You need to stand out. How do you stand out? And you start talking about your company. You know how you can do everything under the sun, and that immediately gets deleted. And it's a very competitive and and then phones. I mean, less and less people are actually picking up the phone. So uh, you're you're it's really more of an uphill battle than it ever has been right now. And you need to to, to figure out why people are buying what their needs are uh, before you ever even contact them to to really be able to 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 develop some content that really stands out in the crowd. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, the, the the metaphor that I use is, I mean, you know, it's when you want to kind of email or call and talk about your services, it's like showing somebody your baby pictures. It's like literally like walking up to somebody on the street that you don't know because you don't know these people as strangers and picking, pulling out your wallet and saying, do you want to see my baby pictures? People mm-hmm. don't care about your baby pictures. They don't want to see them. I, I like that analogy. You know, I, you are. You, you really, uh, your baby pictures or your dog pictures. Uh, no one really wants to to hear stories about your, your your babies and your dogs. They want to know about themselves because we're all self-interested. Yeah. Um, and the reason why you're pulling out your baby pictures, talking about your co- company, because you're self-interested uh, as well. And that's what you know. Yeah. You don't know the, the, the pain. And, you know, I hate you know, please never use, never ask anyone what their pain points are. You can get to that, but but please don't explicitly say that because it's it's a red flag for for most buyers uh, to, yeah, to start yeah. with. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, why you know why do buyers buy? What what's one of the things 
you know, we, we always talk about price, price versus value. What are shippers' thoughts? What, what did you find out in your survey about the, the price question? Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's down the list. It's down the list. I mean, you know, listen, <laughs> all sales start, start with a problem. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. People aren't going out there and saying, you know, I want to find, you know, the provider with the lowest price. They're out there saying, you know, I'm moving temp controlled food from Canada into the lower, you know, 48 in the U.S. Who's out there can solve that? I got I got a heavyweight freight shipment sitting at the port of New Jersey. I got to get this heavy container load to Pennsylvania. You know, I, it starts with a problem um, and they're going out and they're looking for solutions to that problem. That's where it starts. Can you solve the problem? You know, if somebody's out there looking for that solution, how likely is it that you're going to you're going to be found as the answer to that solution? If you are and you go down that road and they feel you're a good fit, Eventually, Kevin, you're going to have the cost and price discussion, but it's way down the line in terms of what we're talking about here, in terms of getting found as an answer to a problem. And that's really only done through content marketing. Well, I I would argue it's, yeah, uh, you know, we're trying to do it in lots of different ways, but I think... uh, a very efficient way to do that is is through content marketing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the most efficient. Let's say that the most efficient way is, and this is why I talk about all the time too, is picking a niche and then learning everything you can about that niche, and that means content marketing into that niche to where you are. If if anyone's googling, if anyone's searching, you're the market expert of that niche, and mm. that. That's where you get into consultative sales, right? Because if people perceive you as an expert, then they're seeking you out, or maybe you're seeking them out, but they want to know your advice because you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're they're finding you. I mean, you know, if I look at the biggest mistake that logistics businesses make, I think we're talking about it right now. They're so much focused on how they say it. And, and they're not mm-hmm. nearly focused enough on what they say. You know, it's it's about, they're focused on tactics, not strategy. Hey, should I call? Hey, should I email? Hey, what about mm-hmm. advertising on social media? Well, what about webinars? You know, what are you saying? If <laughs> yeah. you're getting on email or webinars or advertising and saying, hey, we can help streamline your supply chain. I mean, you know, what have you accomplished? You really have to understand there's so much noise out there and so much sameness in our industry that if you're saying the same thing as everybody else, you know, people are just going to block that out. They don't have, these buyers don't have space in their brain, uh, you know, for, for, for that. And, you know, you know, I'm going to tell you a little story because I only I got this yeah. e- email um, uh, a couple of days ago from a marketing guy, and he was just telling a story about a networking meeting he went to last week. You know, just a bunch of people, business networking, you know, trying to get leads on on um, business. So attorneys, mm-hmm. marketing people, financial advisors, accountants. And I forget the framework frame, framework of the discussion, but there was an attorney who had an opportunity to talk a little bit about, well, what do you do? So you know, this guy, 
you know, what he remembers, this marketing guy in his newsletter, this guy talked about trusts and he talked about Medicare and insurance and Mm -hmm. estates. There's this long list of things this attorney was involved in. And this marketing guy's scratching his head. And after the meeting, he was able to find out, well, what this guy does is he helps senior citizens do estate planning. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Why didn't you answer the question by saying that instead of, you know, giving this laundry list of all the things you do. And I'm, I'm not, if you, if it would be an interesting hypothetical exercise for any logistics business, broker or otherwise, to say, if you were in that situation, if you were at a chamber meeting with a bunch of, you know, small manufacturers who were moving freight, you know, what, how would you fill that seven or 10 seconds? Or would you just do a litany mm-hmm. of, well, here's all the things that we do. I don't think people think enough about you know, how do I frame up my business so that people will remember me three months from now or six months from, now? you know? Yeah. I mean, you're exactly right on that point is, you know, for your company as you know, certainly for your company, you need a tagline. You need, you need that one sentence. What do you do? But even as individual sales reps or marketing people or professionals in general, you have to have your own tagline. You know, uh, and and for put that coffee down, you know, I, I, I'm a student of cells and I'm going along this journey of learning about cells every single week with our audience. And then that's what the, the, the mission of put that coffee down is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I use an analogy a lot, uh, you know, of, of six year olds playing soccer and. You know, what six-year-olds don't want to do is they don't want to play a position because that means they can't chase the ball. So if you watch six-year-olds play soccer, there's 15 kids right around wherever the ball is. And, um, you know, that's kind of when I talk to logistics businesses, they're hesitant to put a stake in the ground on one area of that soccer field because they say, well, if I say I do this, you know, but I, these these other things I can do too. You know, I'm we're really really good at heavyweight freight. You know what? But I can move. You know, straight ahead van freight. I can do this. I can do that. I can do transload. You know, I don't want to put a stake in the ground. And say this is what we're all about. But if you put yourself in the middle of the soccer field again, mm-hmm. I go back to that notion of marketing is about getting found. Well, if you're looking for a specific solution, and we talked about you know cross border transportation of temp control freight before mm-hmm. you're not looking for that a- that answer in the middle of the soccer field you know where these super generalist providers are maybe hanging out you you want to know who the niche players are at the edge of that soccer field that say hey that's what we do for a living you know we're, every day we're moving temp control freight freight from toronto to atlanta to dallas blah 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 you know all of a sudden you're giving yourself a reason to be found and and that's because you were bold enough to put a stake in the ground and say, hey, this is our specialty. This is what we're all about. And I, I just don't think businesses think nearly enough about what they're saying versus how they're saying it. Jim, you're exactly right. You've hit the nail on the head. And I and I want to ask you this question. Do you think the, the reason that is oftentimes is that – the, the, the brokers, 3PL, the, the carriers sometimes, 
whoever it is that it, it is selling doesn't really know who their target audience is and certainly how their target audience makes decisions. So you play the middle of the field because you're making calls, you're reaching out to people, you don't know where you don't know where the soccer ball is. Right? So you're going to be in the middle of the field, but if you know where the soccer ball is, do you know who you're picking up the phone and targeting or writing content for and targeting? You know what corner of the field you should be at and you 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 you, you wrap your message into that 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 philosophy yeah yeah i mean you know again you, you got to make it easy for, pe- for people to find you and if you're mm-hmm. if you're trying to do everything for everybody it, you're going to get lost it's like running into the woods with a camouflage jacket you, know? yeah. <laughs> you, you want to make it easy for people to spot you not harder um i know, know right and you, you think you're 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 by by trying to do everything or, or portray that you do everything, you, you think you're making yourself more visible, but you're actually running in the woods with a camouflage jacket. You're yeah. making yourself uh, less visible. You, you really are. Yeah. I, I, I talk to clients a lot about, you know, sometimes you need to, to, to shrink your market to grow, which mm-hmm. sounds counterintuitive, but a lot of times that's what it takes. It, it is. You know, I, I did a lot of cross-border Mexico, flatbed, you know, very specialized, very niche. But we, you know, we, we had nowhere near 10 percent of the market of that. So why try to expand or diversify out of that until you dominate that that one one corner of the market? And, the, you know, in freight and transportation is such a huge market that you can take a niche that will that that, that you can dominate or grow your market share at and you're never going to get anywhere close to 100 percent of that market so so it gives you 20 or 30 years of of just expanding that it's such a great point and all you have to do is look at the auto industry and and how Mm -hmm. automobile manufacturers market nobody's trying to be the luxury economy comfort sporty blah 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 car. <laughs> they're picking one of those adjectives and they're saying hey volvo mm-hmm. if, if, if you soccer mom care more about safety than anything else because you're driving your kids and your neighbor's kids you know we we we, we we're going to be one of the two or three cars you test drive because we're about safety you know and and bmw and you know mercedes they're all their marketing is niche marketing they're appealing to one segment of that huge, huge market, which is exactly the point you're making. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a very interesting point. We have a couple minutes here. I, I'm looking through the survey right now, and something that really jumps out to me is uh, social media channels and how small of a percentage that is of how shippers and logistics buyers prefer to be contacted uh, by logistics business and also um, I, I guess both of these graphs are, are kind of the, the same question here is is you know during covid a lot of virtual conferences a lot of people on social media tr- just trying to market because they can't get out and, and see clients and so they're experimenting with social media uh, first social media um, one percent. Does that surprise you? I'm trying to just to remind myself of social media. So, so how do you? Yeah, the question is, how do you prefer to be contacted by logistics businesses? And you know, yeah, of the hundred people we surveyed, 
you know, one percent said social media. Hey, you know, contact me via LinkedIn. I, essentially, probably what that person is saying. But the dominant one is email. Um, that that's they're basically saying, hey, use email. Um, not because, hey, please email me. I can't wait to get your email. Um, but it's just it's 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 the best way that they're saying to get in touch with them. Now, some of them like email because they can ignore it. Unlike a phone call, which is intrusive, mm-hmm. they can look at an email from Kevin Hill and say, ah, you know, I don't know this guy. I'm, I'm going to ignore that. So, and that's part of the reason they like email. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, nothing, email came out at 72%. And that's been consistent in all of the four, four um, surveys that I've done over the past eight years. Email um, is, is dominant. And even if you go B2B marketing in general, it's the same. Um, how do you want to be contacted? You know, email is always the, by far the number one answer. And um, yeah, I, I can't, I'm not sure I can provide a rationale to why social media is, is not, you know, gaining a larger slice of that pie, but uh, it hasn't. I, and I don't blame you. I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't give you a reason either. And I, I'm on social media quite a bit. So, and I, I, I have no idea. On 2020, um, COVID. I don't know. When did you do the survey, Jim, this year? Was it after um, the lockdowns or was it? You know, I did it before, I, I, I did it before the lockdown. It was uh, okay. end, of, end of 19 and the beginning of 20. Um, and I, okay. I did go back. Um, and there's one page in the survey where I kind of went back and interviewed six or seven people in uh, uh, like April. And I asked them, this is after the quantitative survey was done. Well, how's COVID impacting this? So there's a page in the survey uh, on that. But by and large, it was done pre-pandemic. Okay. So I would would ask you this then. Uh, What do you think, what trends do you think 2020 and the pandemic will have on on sales and marketing for the the logistics industry and, and how buyers buy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's it's uh, you think it's like virtually a, maybe or, or you know uh, any trends that are out there. Uh, I'm sorry. Did did you what did you can you repeat that? You know, virtual. You know, Google Meet, Zoom calls um, would be more employed. Virtual conferences. Um, how how buyers maybe find new providers. I mean, any trends that that. that you think will come out of having to, to work remotely and, and go underground basically for a while? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the interesting things, um, and I don't know if that it's sort of semi-directly, semi-related to the question you're asking, but in terms of where people get their, in, their information about strategies, solutions, the industry in general, there's a clear trend away from general sources of information and more towards recommendations from people they know. So by far the number one um, uh, reason was colleagues and peers. Where are you getting your information? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after that it was you know websites like FreightWaves, but you know number three was vendors and suppliers. So again, it's down the list, well down the list was trade shows, social, okay. print magazines. So and when you think about it, it's sort of. I don't know, kind of goes back to where we started, which is to say, 
we're trying to talk to very, very busy, over-communicated, somewhat cynical people. So it's not surprising to me over the course of the last eight years that people are leaning more on um, advice from people they know and peers. Um, because again, you're, 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 there's some over-promising going on in the market and ultimately you're trying to reduce risk, right? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if you make a bad choice, whether it's a carrier or a 3PL, um, you know, you've got some, some serious egg on your face and some serious financial losses. So it kind of makes sense that they're leaning more on their colleagues, consultant, uh, acquaintances that they have. And I think that's, informative to marketers. Um, I think we have to look at our existing relationships, customers, the suppliers of our customers, colleagues, because word of mouth recommendations is becoming more and more important. Um, So working our relationships, working our networks, trying to get referred more um, uh, for for new business, I think is going to be a key. going forward, working those influencers. I agree too. I agree. Referrals, word of mouth, uh, kind of, kind of trusted advisors uh, is, is trends that will, will keep, keep going up uh, over the, the short term, media term and, and long term in, in, in this business. Well, mm-hmm. Jim, thank you so much for your time today. Um, again, Jim Bearfield. Uh, how do people reach out and contact you directly, and how do they download the uh, the, the survey? Well, my website is logisticsmarketing.com, so pretty easy to remember. Yeah. And if they want the survey, all they have to do is go to logisticsmarketing.com slash 2020 survey, all lowercase. Logisticsmarketing.com uh slash 2020 survey and you'll go right to the pdf and i will have this all written out in the show notes uh in, in apple podcasts or wherever you download your your, your podcasts uh under freight cats uh put that coffee down the podcast sells freight sales show for a foreclosure so i'll have all that information in there and then on the website freightwaves.com whenever i post that onto there I'll have your your URL and your contact information uh, there as well. But yeah, I, I encourage anyone out there who wants to learn more about marketing, learn more about how to to really generate great contact or contact great content to, to reach out to, to to Jim and and get his opinion and his advice because he is an expert at it and he knows the the buyer personas frontwards and backwards. Super. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thank you again, John. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.